We'll say we are continuing today in the last Mishnayis of Meseches Peya. We find ourselves in Parakhes, Mishnayis Ches and Tes. Mishnachas says as follows Mishieshlo Masayim Zuz, Loyita Ani. If a person has two hundred Zuz to his name. So remember again, continuing from the last Mishnah, where we spoke about the concept that in order to be able to take from certain types of tides, one has to be of or certain types of stuck in the previous Mishnah. So one has to be in a certain level of financial duress. So continuing on that theme, the Mishnah says if someone has two hundred Zuz to his name, Loyital Yaleket Shikho you're not allowed to take leket, shichacha, peya, umaisrani. Hayoloma, saim chasr dinar. What happens if a person has 200 zuz minus a dinar? So in other words, he has 200 zuz minus a zuz. Then ultimately, again, he's permitted to take any of these items. So in other words, even if you literally have 199 zuz, at that point in time, you're permitted to go ahead and take leket, shichacha, peya, and maisrani. Furthermore, here's what's interesting. Let's say a person doesn't have 200 zuz, but they end up getting a lot of money's worth of leket, shechacha, and peah. So you might have thought that they're only permitted to take leket, shechacha, and peah up until the point that they have 200 zuz, to which the Mishnah says that's not the case. In other words, once you're financially eligible to take these gifts, then ultimately, again, anything that you're going ahead and taking, ka'achos, right? Anything that you're taking at once, you're permitted to go ahead and take. So let's say a person has 190 zuz, for argument's sake, but he's able to collect, you know, 100 zuz of payah, that's going to be permitted, even though now the payah is going to put him above the minimum threshold that technically, again, would have precluded him from taking payah in the first place. This is an interesting case. Let's say a person has the minimum 200 zuz, but the money is encumbered, right? For example, the money is encumbered to pay back a debt or the money is encumbered to pay off a ksuva, right? which is the husband's obligation that a, excuse me, hus, obligation that a husband has to a wife in the event of death or a divorce. Ultimately, again, he's permitted to go ahead and take leket shichacha peah and maiser ani. In other words, the idea is that since the money is encumbered, it's not considered as if it's his. Well, it's not his free and clear, and therefore he's permitted to go ahead and take from leket shichacha and peah. Here's an interesting case. What happens if a person doesn't have 200 zuz, but they have assets? So a person has a home, or a person has household utensils. Am I obligated to liquidate my assets in order to reach the 200 zuz level? And the Mishnah says, no. You're not obligated to liquidate your assets. If you don't have 200 zuz of liquid funds, then halacha lemaisa, one is permitted to go ahead and collect from leket, shechacha, peya, and maiser ani. Beautiful. That's Mishnah Ches. We now come to Mishnah Ches. Here's an interesting case. Let's say somebody only has 50 zuz. But he uses the 50 Zuz for business deals. He does business. Ultimately, he's not allowed to take Leket Ani. Because since he has, since he's doing business with the money, the assumption is he could sustain himself from the proceeds of these deals. And anyone who doesn't need to take any of these gifts to the poor, but takes it anyway. Ultimately, again, he will not leave this world. In other words, before he dies, he will become impoverished. Sometime before he dies, 
he'll actually need to take these gifts, which is again, it's a midah kineged midah, it's a quid pro quo, a tit for tat. The idea over here is if you, you know, inappropriately take the gifts for the poor, then unfortunately it'll come to a point where you actually need them in order to sustain you. There's actually quite beautiful. Anyone who needs to take tzedakah, but somehow finds the ability to sustain themselves, so they don't want to rely on charity. I want to do it on my own steam, so I'm, I'm, I'm eligible for the charity, but I don't want to take it, so I somehow find a way to sustain myself on my own steam. About such a person, I love because, before he dies, before his time is up in the world, he'll become wealthy and be able to sustain others. So really incredible. So one who takes tzedakah, and he's not entitled to it, will not die before becoming impoverished. And one who is entitled to take tzedakah, but yet finds the, the ability to support himself, will not leave this world before becoming wealthy. about such a person, it is said, Blessed is the person who has trust in Hashem, and ultimately, again, Hashem will be the source of his trust. A really beautiful idea. Now, the caveat to this is, of course, if a person really does need staka and they don't have the ability to sustain themselves, then they have an obligation to take it. The Mishra is referring to a person who is able to muster up the ability to go out and support himself. So if, even though I'm entitled to tzedakah, but I find the ability to support myself, that's the ideal. That's the ideal. So too, again, quite beautiful. If a judge, if a judge who adjudicates his cases appropriately with MS, such a person, ultimately the same Pasuk applies. Because sometimes when a judge judges correctly, that may raise the ire of one of the litigants and may put him at odds with someone. But if a judge judges correctly, that means he's putting his faith in the Riban al-Shalom. He has his faith in Hashem. And therefore, again, such an individual like that is praised. This is actually quite beautiful. That, that if a per- well, actually, it's tragic what happens. If somebody who is not crippled or not blind or not, you know, also crippled, kind of, are, are somewhat a little bit, a little bit synonymous, right? So again, the Philosophy says that Chiger is a person who is crippled in one leg versus a Pisech is two legs. So you have a person essentially who feigns a disability. He feigns a disability in order to be able to prey on people's um, sympathy, in order to be able to collect money. Ultimately, unfortunately, person who feigns a disability in order to collect tzedakah before he leaves this world will be afflicted with one of those disabilities. Shneemar tzedek tzedek tirdov. It says ultimately again, a person should only seek out tzedakah legitimately, right? Tzedek tzedakah should be pursued with tzedek. So tzedakah should be pursued ultimately again with proper justice. Don't collect stock illegally. If you have a judge who accepts a bribe and thereby goes ahead and messes up the judgment, in other words, he perverts judgment because he took a bribe. 
before he leaves this world, his vision, right? His vision will become impaired. And again, that's also midah kineged midah, because remember, by taking, by taking a bribe, he's blinded his vision that will enable him to adjudicate this case appropriately. And therefore, again, the fitting punishment is that he goes ahead and has his vision dimmed. Because the Pasuk says, don't take a bribe, because a bribe has the ability to blind, the, or to cause blindness to ones who are able to see. Incredible. I will say mazel tov, mazel tov on the completion of Mesechah's Peah. What a Mesechta for many of us. I would venture to say it's the first time we've seen this Mesechta. What a beautiful, beautiful journey. And the journey continues with Mesechah's Demai tomorrow. Mazel tov.